Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are starting a brand new unit brought to us by Em, brought to us by ourselves from Em. Um, This unit, we're covering, sorry, I didn't mean to sound disappointed immediately. This unit, (laughs) I like, I was like, ugh. (laughs) we're covering clean romances which sometimes overlaps with inspirational or christian romance sometimes overlaps with um certain historicals this week we read edenbrook by julianne donaldson uh what inspired you to bring Mm. this unit to the table this Um, this three-week period i mean i feel like this is such a joke of a genre <laughs> i'm sorry are we too horny for this genre <laughs> you might be too horny for this genre no i think that it's just like it's right up there with amish romance which is mm-hmm. usually clean romance um in like <laughs> i want to read the amish one that's not i know right <laughs> horny rumspringa <laughs> it's such a weird marketing tool to me right like Mm -hmm. I I don't necessarily think that I need my romances to be super horny no Um, Mm -mm. I just don't get when it is specifically marketed as being aggressively unhorny right yes because like there's plenty of books that I've read I'm sure we'll get into this when we talk about kind of the genre as a whole there's plenty of books that I've read that would be considered a clean romance in that there Mm -hmm. are no sex scenes or the sex scenes are fade to black which some people lump into uh, clean Mm -hmm. romance but I the idea of going out of my way to find a book that does not have sex scenes I don't get that um so I kind of wanted to see if my preconceived notions of the genre were correct so this week we read Edenbrook by Julian Donaldson and Mm -hmm. it is marketed as a proper romance which I think is yeah in the same boat and I don't know if I've formed enough of an opinion on the genre based on this one book but I feel like my kind of preconceived notions of this were that it was going to be very if not directly religious make nods towards religion mm-hmm. um as well as having kind of a certain a certain a certain um <laughs> adherence to values that I would consider patriarchal yes this and was a weird one does this book do that i would say Yes, on the second, maybe on the first, but not so much. No. Yeah, it was definitely a, like, I don't know. This I, this book is so beloved on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nominated for a Goodreads Choice Award for Romance in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, it has 46,000 ratings, over a four-star rating. Um, I, <laughs> it's so, like just internal misogyny right like internalized misogyny all over this and i would have understood it more if there were more religious overtones to it Mm. but it is almost completely devoid of 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 any mention of god or or anything like christ-like at all and Mm -hmm. it just was like other women suck i'm the only good one and it's because i think that even kissing is gross like 
what is this purity culture bullshit? To me, this read as religious in the same way, and this is going to maybe seem like a broad swing, but stay with me. It read as religious in the same way that Twilight reads as religious, Mm, where nobody is actually saying that that is the reason. And I think that makes it like more annoying to me almost, Mm -hmm. because if you are adhering to some sort of deeply held religious conviction regarding sexuality... Like, I don't necessarily agree with it, but, you know, that's your belief, man, and you can do what you want, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just kind of hate the idea of people having sex because it's icky, like, I don't, and not on, like, like in an asexual sort of way. Like, presumably they get married and have sex at the end of it, but. Well, they have to, they have to have heirs. Right, exactly. So, I mean, like she experiences sexual attraction it's just bad to act on it bad and wrong to act on Mm -hmm. it which is very like it's all very weird to me I don't get it that being said for the book itself I didn't hate it I think that it's a fairly typical historical aside from the lack of sex which Mm -hmm. So I've read some historicals where the couples don't have sex. It's just not marketed as proper or clean or whatever. Um, I think it's pretty in line for uh, historical romance. It's got plot points that I was like, yeah, I've seen this done like eight other times. Um, I, I thought it was overall enjoyable if you were not looking at the kind of vibes. Um <laughs> I did have to dock it a few points for the misogyny and for the seventeen year oldness mm-hmm. of it all, which Yeah. What? Um, what? Why? <laughs> what? We'll get into that. But what did you think of the book aside from the Oh my god sex no. angle? I hated it. I hated <laughs> I hated this book. Um the the narrator, our main character, is the worst, most annoying point of view I've ever, almost ever read from. Interesting. Um, all of the characters, very like she is so like willfully dumb, just mm. so so dumb, and and the romance, like all of the things they do- that they did in the book to like explain the things that happened in the first part, you know, mm. like the explanations to the weird events that that this whole thing was one big miscommunication, which I fucking hate, um, but. <laughs> everything they did to like explain the miscommunications i was like this is this is nothing this makes no (laughs) sense but okay (laughs) and i just i guess i'm so surprised by the amount of people i follow on on goodreads that have rated this so highly in like the last couple years like i could understand you read this in 2012 2013 you're on the hype train you're like wow this was great but to come back and read it like seven, eight, nine years mm. after it was initially published and be like, no, this is still so wonderful. I love this cute, adorable couple and their cute, adorable romance. I'm like, but why? Where? This is giving me nothing. This is the second week in a row with Warrior Cats book one last week where you have said that you've gone to Goodreads and looked at the people you followed and been surprised by their ratings of a book. Yes. Are you maybe following people who just don't have the same taste in books as you no no like typically we're always on the same page like there are a couple of people I follow that like to to, 
it's more like we're we're online acquaintances and mm-hmm. now I like I don't want to unfollow them so I'm like oh you are this is suspect what you like I don't like but like there are Me. some people on here I specifically follow because I love their recommendations mm. and I'm just like what are what are you talking about <laughs> So it just confused me. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I understand, like, I understand reading a problematic romance. Mm-hmm. I get it. I've dipped into dark romances. I'm, I, you know, I love a villain. I get it. I'm not a shining pin, pinnacle beacon of what is all and good and, and feminist in the romance <laughs> novel genre all of the time. I get it. But this one was, this was so, oh my, oh, it was so much. I, it was so much. I wonder if that is almost the thing right that your taste in romance leans like basically in the opposite direction of the vibes of this book i like to get nasty in all senses (laughs) not just in terms of horniness but like in terms of the people the people be like you're more of a villain girl you know absolutely you know you know i love enemy to romance you know (laughs) enemy to lovers I love a billionaire. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, I can't jive with this. Whereas for me, this was like, yeah, okay. A guy with a uh, title and ye olde times and girl who needs to make a match. Okay, yeah, I can get on board with this because I do read a lot of historicals. So I was like, not that phased by, mm-hmm. like, it just felt very run of the mill to me. Mm. So I'm I don't typically lean towards historicals. So mm. again, maybe this is just but like from my understanding of it, like me coming in as someone who doesn't read a lot of historicals, I was led to believe that the Regency period was just a wild fucking time mm-hmm. and everyone was horny. But maybe that's wrong. <laughs> um, I think really the truth of the matter is everyone is horny always. Yeah, that's true. Like I don't yeah. What seventeen year old has ever been like <laughs> Mm, no kissing that's a sin i i agree i think that uh, aside from issues of asexuality which is Uh not what this book is yeah it's weird to have the teenage narrator be like how dare you do kisses Uh, yes to people to her peers like Mm -hmm. i understand if it's like you know, oh, I, I, I kissed him and I feel guilty about that because no one has ever talked to me about, like, anything to do with sex. Um, so I feel guilty about the fact that I've kissed someone. I can understand that. But, like, just to be like, kissing is completely off the table for me until I find the one. <laughs> and for it to be the morally correct thing right like I can Mm -hmm. see you know like you said sort of like 17 year old because you know we haven't gotten to the plot of this but basically she's judgmental towards her sister for her sister doing kisses which Mm. there is some kisses there is some nuance in terms of the sister's relationships to other people like yes Mm -hmm. but she's horrified about the fact that she's doing kisses um and it's like I could see if you had that opinion going in to kind of show that this character is sheltered and like naive mm-hmm. and then yeah, having she's... her opinion change throughout the course of the novel and maybe like apologizing to her sister for being a judgmental bitch about it. But like, no, that's not what the case is. It's like, no, she's right that her sister she's shouldn't be doing kisses. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. I guess. I guess. I have so many questions about this main character, Marianne, who's like, I didn't even know what her name was for like the first third of this book. I was like, who's Marianne? <laughs> oh, I guess she is. Um, 
so many questions about like she just felt like the type of girl or the type of person like trapped trapped in this way of life not realizing it's like so stifling and just taking that self-hatred out and that frustration out on everyone and just mm. hating absolutely everyone else in this book <laughs> yeah she wasn't I here's here's actually what I felt like this book was and it wasn't this but I felt like it was I felt like this was like the third or fourth book in a historical romance series mm, in mm-hmm. which like the sister was book one and she got some other love interest and they fell in love and whatever. And all of this happened in the background of that book. And then the author yes. was like, hey, guys, guess what? It's time. Ty- t- it's finally time for Marianne's book. And you guys get to see how Marianne, you know, like where mm-hmm. where she is the villain or a minor character in a different book. And then it's like, now it's time to put the spotlight on her. And then it's like, oh, but it doesn't. She doesn't. She, she shouldn't be in the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a way she, she was written as a villain for a reason. Right. But it's like, that's not what happened here. This is the first. I don't know if this is a series, but it's the first one in that. It's listed as number one in a series. But the only other thing in this world, this the Edenbrook universe, mm-hmm. is a novella written like a prequel novella. Weird. Yeah. Seems about Philip. Philip Wyndham. Yeah. All right. Well, all that being said, if you had to recommend this book to someone, who would you recommend it to? I don't know. I don't know. I, this is, this, this book is well and truly, like we are reading outside of our comfort zones. This is, mm. this is well and truly outside my comfort zone, which is to say it didn't make me uncomfortable. It is just nothing I would ever reach for mm. on my own. Um, so I don't. I don't know. Like, if you if you like a historical, I mean, obviously, a lot of people love this one. I'm the outlier in this situation. Um, if you like a nice, quiet, character focused historical, sure. <laughs> I guess. If you are a younger romance reader, mm-hmm. certainly. This definitely read as like a YA situation to me. Um, I don't, it's not marketed that way. I believe it is just supposed to be an adult book, but it is about a 17 year old. It is about her like kind of leaving home, being being a society woman for the first time. So, I mean, you know. she's doing adult things in the sense of she is trying to she's, get married, but like, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. If you like historicals, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it was like the writing was fine. It was typical historical fare. I don't think it's the best of the genre, but I don't think it's the worst either. Um, if you really liked the second season of Bridgerton, but were like, man, I wish that Edwina was the focus here. This might be kind of the book for you. Um, yeah, it, it just, it, it did not underwhelm or overwhelm. It just kind of whelmed. <laughs> it whelmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um. Well, are you reading anything else? Consuming um, any other types of media? I'm not. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I <laughs> just finished on our list of. I might have already done this prompt, possibly. If so, apologies. But um, you know what? You're overachieving doing the prompts more yeah, than once. You're going to read yeah. 44 books. <laughs> exactly. Um, I did read a book that you had previously suggested on the podcast. Oh, what'd you read? Uh, this is How You Lose the Time More by Amal. <gasps> did oh, you sorry. love it? Amal El Motar and Max Gladstone. Um, I did, couldn't really get into it in about ha- oh. until about halfway through. I liked okay, the back fair. half, I think. Yeah. But yeah. it was very, like, it's a short book. 
I definitely think it needed more focus on it, though, because I was kind of going into it like, oh, this will be an easy breezy read. And it kind of isn't. You do sort of have to pay attention. It is a little dense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so I, overall, I did like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought it was very up my alley in terms of the ending of it, I think. Was yes. Very, that's the sort of drama I like. <laughs> How about you? I have not read well okay that's a lie I've read something here's the thing here's the Uh thing is I got super into this 700,000 word fanfic 109 chapters I've been reading it nonstop. I'm on chapter like 80 something now I'm I'm close to the end I'm almost done with it so no I haven't been reading anything else um but I did watch and I have been urging you to watch um because I need to talk to somebody about the end I know I Um, know our flag means death on HBO Max. Uh, absolutely delightful pirate shenanigans. So many, uh, I don't just wonderful characters. Like very, like lovingly viewed queer relationships. Um, you know, you. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to like spoil these things because <laughs> they were such a surprise to just like come across. Because you're watching this and you're like, are they? Are, like am I, I I'm shipping them, but it is the show. Oh, they are. They're doing it. Fantastic. Love it. So I'm pretty I sure I know who the couple is that I you're think referring to. Probably but. everyone does if they follow me on Twitter, because I have been liking everything <laughs> that people have been posting concerning the ship. Um Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, yeah. It is it's a wonderful romantic comedy, ten half hour episodes on HBO Max about Blackbeard and the gentleman pirate. And, and the very bad pirate crew that follows the gentleman pirate. It's wonderful. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, so hype about it. <laughs> anyway, that's been me. <laughs> um, I guess we can talk about the plot of this book as much as there was. Could. Okay. Well, here we go. Main character, Marianne. She's 17 and she fucking loves twirling. Okay. If you... <laughs> I cannot express to you how much twirling is important to this book, not just as a not just as like a characteristic for Marianne, but as a plot device. Now some of our listeners might be like, oh, twirling, that's probably like some sort of old timey historical thing that I don't know what that means. No, you're incorrect. It's just spinning in a circle. Is with, your is. With, your, with your eyes closed. With your eyes closed. I can't. It's like, okay. I cannot. I could not. You set out to write this book in which the main character's defining trait is they don't have sex, I guess. And then it's like, hmm, I need to give them some sort of personality or hobbies. And you come up with spinning in a circle. Spinning in a circle because her... Because her sister did everything else worthwhile, so she had to come up with her own... Her own thing. And her thing was, I'm going to learn how to paint and I'm going to twirl. But it's so weird because the painting thing doesn't even come up until like halfway through the book. And how easy would it be for every single instance of twirling, getting her into trouble, be replaced with some sort of painting mishap, right? Exactly. Like, just have, have her to climb to outdoors the... and she tripped yes. and fell in the mud or whatever. She was too busy looking at the landscape and she like got distracted from the time and, and had to run back and you know ripped her dress or whatever yes. like you know it would be so easy but then you were like no i just want her hobby to be spinning in a circle <sighs> guys i th- this is the very first paragraph of the book i mean i'm just 
It was the oak tree that distracted me. I happened to glance up as I walked beneath its full green canopy. The wind was tossing its leaves so that they twirled upon their stems, and at the sight I was struck by the realization that it had been much too long since I had twirled. I paused under the branches and tried to remember the last time I had felt the least need to twirl. I... I don't... I have never said the word twirl in any sort of seriousness. This is the... the <laughs> To bookend. To bookend. This is not the exact last paragraph, but one of the final paragraphs, kind of this couple's romantic coming together. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're welcome to twirl if you need to, he said with a laugh. You don't mind? He shook his head. I've been dying to see it, actually. <laughs> so I twirled for Philip with my hair flying around me, feeling like I could break into flight at any moment. What? (laughs) What? What? Like, I'm almost wondering if if this wasn't a pure romance, if this was a clean romance or whatever, pure romance is a different thing. If this wasn't a clean romance, if this was just like an old-timey book, like, you know how in um, movies during the Hays Code, they use, like, dancing as a metaphor for fucking, right? Mm-hmm. If that's what this is. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, she's just out there masturbating. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was struck by the realization that it had been much too long since I had masturbated. Right. Like, it makes way more sense. I paused under the branches and tried to remember the last time I felt the least need to flick the bean. <laughs> I like it better now. Right? That makes more sense for 17-year-old. I just... Uh, Twirling! I'm twirling, Philip. Watch me twirl. We have to talk about this, too. Why is she 17? Why is she 17? Why is she 17? Why is she 17? Jumping ahead into the book a little bit, she's... Her mother died in an accident that didn't really have to do with her, but she blames herself for. Her father uh, ran off to France and abandoned his two twin daughters. The other twin is in London hanging out. She, Marianne, has been sent to Bath to live with her grandmother. Um, This is in such a weird fucking way. Like, why would you? Okay, whatever. But my, (laughs) but, so she doesn't need to be 17 for it to be like, for it to be the setup, right? Because women were their father's property until they married, right? So like, that isn't necessary. So why is she 17? Why is she, like, you could have yeah. made her 22 and this would have made just as much sense. Yeah. And, and you the, can't even say, oh, it's about her, her debut. No, because she doesn't get one. Right. She, so she doesn't have a debut. It could her have made sister just does, as much but, sense if the sister had her debut, yeah. which also, like, there's not a set age for a debut anyway. So mm-hmm. the idea that you have to be 17, that's, I don't, that, no. And it's not like there is a, I, like, I feel like a lot of times when people think historical, they're like, oh, women got married at 17 no they didn't no they didn't like the average age for marriage was like at earliest 22 i like it was like 22 to 26 Mm -hmm. from like the 16 to 1800s and usually like you go lower if you're like really upper upper class yeah yeah like kings and queens and right so she's not particularly upper class like she's a she doesn't have a title right so it's like okay her father is landed, but that's, you know, not su- – it's not like they're, like, we have to establish a, a lineage here. That's not what's yeah. going on. There's no worry of inheritance or anything like that. So it's like she 
it's not like she is in a rush to get married. I don't understand why she was 17. It's so weird. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> and we I don't do we we never learn how old Philip is, do we? Well, we know that his sister Louisa is the same age as um Cecily and Cecily Marianne. and Marianne. So his sister is 17 and then he's I think his the boys are all older than her, right? Mhm. And then so there's there's four kids in the family total. Charles, who's dead, Philip, William, and Louisa, right? Mm, and yes. William is older than Louisa and married, and Philip is older than William. So, like, he's got to be at least, like, 25, right? That wouldn't... I would hope. That poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, I Unless, like, they're trying to say that his, that William got married at, like... 18 also i don't know because (laughs) i don't yeah it was such a choice unnecessarily to make her 17 right with with philip being in mid to late 20s i mean they are certainly if nothing else at very different stages in their life seeing as Uh, absolutely philip runs a household and Marianne does nothing but barely barely can even twirl (laughs) without having some disaster fall upon her (laughs) so I just don't understand why you would make the care even it it feels like such a choice to do 17 and not 18 I mean I still would have a problem if she was 18 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like the fact that you're doing 17 is like well they didn't have age of consent laws back then you could get married whenever like yeah you're making some kind of point that's like you yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Um <laughs> yeah, so all of those things. I that that you covered my entire first paragraph of notes. So that's wonderful. Excellent. Um <laughs> so Marianne lives in Bath with her grandma and she hates she hates living in Bath because all she wanted to do was take care of her father and live in the country for the rest of her life. Um I don't understand why the father did separated his daughters the way he did because we later found out okay so the father dips Mm -hmm. to france and he gives no explanation to his children who think he's busy grieving the dead wife whatever but it turns out that like the dad left for france because he he recognized that marianne was never gonna like go out and have a social life as long as he was there to be like coddled or whatever well he didn't separate cecily cecily was like i'm dipping Okay. Oh, see, I thought he sent her to London, but she opted to go to London. I think it was sent in the sense of like she got his permission, but he, uh, she specifically says like I couldn't imagine like why Cecily left, and I would have never left our father, right? I which is the point that like Marianne would have never left her father, and Cecily was like, I'm good, I'm Gucci, goodbye. I'm good. I I gotta have friends my own age. I got things to do, like seduce a lord. Yes. And you know what? Good for you, Cecily. You You did nothing wrong this entire book. It's excellent to have goals. (laughs) Okay. I I was under the impression that dad was like, all right, Cecily, you go to London. Marianne, I I, go go to grandma. No, it wasn't like a late stage parent (laughs) trap situation. That wasn't what was up. It was was weird. Um, but eventually Marianne does get an invite from her sister to stay at this estate called Edenbrook for the summer. So Edenbrook is like, it's a country estate. It's owned by the Windham, Windham, Windham family. Hmm. Um, Marianne and Cecily's mother used to be BFFs with Lady Caroline, I think is her name, who is sure. the, 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 the lady of the Windham family. Um, 
So Cecily has um, been writing to Marianne this whole time she's in London about like the season and going to balls and meeting boys. Um, And she has written that she has fallen in love with one of the Windham boys. And she refers to him simply as the brother. She plans to marry this boy. Uh, She's she's what did she say? She's deathly in love with him. She is uh, also makes a point to say that it is the oldest brother who will inherit all of the money or has inherited all the money or whatever. So that is important to the big misunderstanding ball that happens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, do Cecily and Marianne even like each other? No. Is my question. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. This is the weirdest choice. Again, perfectly understandable if you made them two separate ages and maybe had a large age gap between them, but for them to be twin sisters and like, the amount of vitriol Marianne feels towards her sister. Like, Cecily is a nothing, right? In this mm-hmm. book, she is just, she's just like. She's got more personality than Marianne. She does. She does. <laughs> they are both nothings. But Cecily is just like this throwaway, like, morality tale of why you shouldn't kiss other men. Um, And, and Marianne hates her and blames, like, so much of her trauma on her sister and you know that might be unknowingly but the way it's described on page is like you have a lot of resentment towards this girl that is unresolved (laughs) you all need to have a conversation (laughs) to some extent i found it realistic interesting as a younger sister myself um (laughs) not the trauma necessarily because I, i i think there is something to the idea of um having an older because Cecily is the elder technically by seven uh, minutes of having an elder sibling who is good at things and not wanting to hold yourself up to that yardstick right and instead Mm -hmm. just opting to not try again not pulling on anything from my own personal (laughs) backstory here but I did. I, I did find that realistic. No comment upon this. Uh-huh, yeah, keep, keep your lips zipped. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that I was like, yes, you know, this dynamic makes sense. I think that mm. where it stopped making sense for me was how she dealt with her. Like I felt, I feel like that is dealing with her sister as a concept of being like the concept of Cecily, who is this perfect, like the sun to her moon, right? Mm -hmm. The perfect person, whatever. I'm like, I get having antagonism towards that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then like, she also clearly just hates her sister in person and doesn't want to spend time with her and doesn't like being around her, but pays lip service to the idea that she does. And that was where it was like, okay, you need to pick a side here. You either need to make Cecily a full villain and Uh have uh Marianne fully hate her and that has to be resolved in some way. Or you need to make Cecily like fully sympathetic in sympathetic, some way. But you just kind of have her in the middle of like she's kind of like her actions are a little bit bad. Like they, they aren't great. The, the kissing that she does. Her, her earlier kisses are fine. But the kissing she does in this book, it's like there are reasons why that's not good. But it's not reason enough to hate her. So like it's weird. I don't know. It just she was this character that wasn't villainous enough or mm-hmm. heroic mm-hmm. enough to make a point, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, she just like we were told so many times that like, oh, they're sisters, they're twins, they love each other, and they're always there for each other. We're told that, but mm-hmm. like the the relationship on page is nothing, not that at yes. all. 
they can hardly stand to be in the same room together. Like, like it felt like Cecily 100% has said in the past, this is Marianne. I'm her best friend. She's not my best friend, but I'm her best friend. Absolutely. (laughs) That's how she explained her to Louisa, 100%. That that also is something that I'm sure is relatable to a lot of people of, you know, caring more about a friend than they care about you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't it doesn't get resolved in any way. Right. It's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of left hanging. And it was like she wanted to have her be a villain, but she didn't want to have to put in the work of resolving that plot line. Mm -hmm. So she I mean, in the end, she (laughs) behaves in a very selfless manner, but also like, does she? Does she? Like, clearly, that's what the author intends is like, Oh, Cecily's going to give up her own shot at this in order to... But it's like, it, no, she knew that she didn't have a shot at that. I don't yeah. know. I'm jumping Yeah, she's ahead. like, there was no point in me continuing to try because he wasn't even looking at me. Right. So... <laughs> Who knows? Who knows how Cecily feels? <laughs> I desperately want a Cecily but because that would be more fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she she's receiving these letters from her sister saying she's in love with the oldest Wyndham boy. And through the Servant Gossip News Network... Marianne learns that Lady Caroline's oldest son is named Charles, and Marianne believes that this is who Cecily is in love with. Um, Cecily, like, never mentions any names. She's just like, the brother, the Wyndham brother. Um, and and so Marianne believes this, this servant gossip, which, okay, I don't believe that the, the heir, a parent, mm-hmm. or the lord of a family would die and the younger brother inheriting everything and that go beyond the servant's notice, even mm. the distance between London and Bath. That seems like a huge deal to me specifically. I did not buy this miscommunication. Mm. I felt like it was just kind of like it never really came up mm. because it was kind of one of those things of like, you're not asking the right questions, you know? Like, that could be like Betsy. The Betsy, I think that's the maid's name, yeah. is just like maliciously compliant. She's like, well, and I think that <laughs> Betsy doesn't know the full story until she gets mm. to the house. And then I think there's kind of like this vibe of like, well, of course you know. Of course she knows. We don't need to explain this to her. She knows. Yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> because Even like, the reader it's not, knows by the second fucking right. page. It's not like... <laughs> It's not like the servants are privy to the fact that Cecily has got her hooks in yeah. the oldest son. Oh, yeah. No, I just mean like the fact that Charles was dead. <laughs> it should be like the oldest Wyndham boy's name is Charles and he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, that should just be basic. Like <laughs> I dug into that for you, mom, and I found out he's dead. <laughs> Maybe. I've never had a servant, so I can't That's, say what Yeah, I mean, we don't know what it's like. From everything I've been led to believe from, like, the 10 minutes total of Downton Abbey that I've seen, uh, the servants know everything about everything and gossip mm-hmm. all the time. So, I mean, I would. Well, of course. <laughs> I would do that without being a servant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so Marion's all set to leave Bath to go be in the country, her one true love, and... Her grandma stops and is like, hey, I'm disinheriting my, like, nephew, I think, is who this is. Sure. I could not follow the relationship of any of the people in this book. I'm disinheriting my nephew because he's a good-for-nothing piece of shit, and I'm making you my heir instead. So congratulations. You're going to inherit all 40,000 of my 1800s pounds, um, but I don't own any property. So you, if you, like, want some sense of stability in your life, you still have to go marry well. So have fun in Edinburgh. Do your best. 
If you don't, I'm also going to disinherit you. (laughs) Do you think this is just what the grandma tells all of her relatives in order to get them to do what she wants? Grandma has no money. (laughs) Has no money and 18 heirs. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I didn't tell you what it was 40,000 pounds of. Keep it a secret. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> she literally tells her, like, don't bring it up. Don't tell anyone. Don't like, what's the tell point? a soul. What's the point of being a rich heiress in the in the Regency era if you're not going to use that to make a match? I don't exactly. understand. <laughs> I think at this point it, it is pertinent to note that Marianne has, she's pretty but doesn't know it mm. syndrome. Yeah. She also has, she's pretty in modern times, but not for the time that she's written in syndrome. Oh, Because she brings up the fact that she's, you know, her frame is too small a few times. Like, we get it, you're skinny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course, in in Regency times, people like those those curves, but I'm not very curvy. I'm flat. I look like I walked off of a runway in the, oh, say, Mm. 2012. Like, (laughs) girl, we get it. It was uh-huh. also confusing because Cecily is described as having like very ultra blonde hair, platinum blonde. And then she's like I don't look anything and she has blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm-hmm, and then of course. And then Marianne's like I don't look anything like my sister. She got our mother's coloring. I have honey hair and bluish green eyes. And I'm like girl, babe, girl, <laughs> babe. This same. is not a rose white or snow white rose red situation here where you guys look so different you look like slightly slightly more uh concentrated color in your Uh hair and eyes that's it like plus she's tan and has freckles right all her time spent in the sun just like you're the same you're the same you look the same you look exactly the same you're probably identical twins (laughs) this is very silly (laughs) oh my god uh so Marianne and her maid, Betsy or whoever, are they head to Edinburgh in her grandmother's carriage. Uh, and on the way there, they are overcome by a highway robber and their driver is injured. Marianne is like being dragged out of the carriage by the robber dude. But then her maid shoots him and he flees and he takes Marianne's necklace with him, which this, ha- this has a picture of her mother in it. And it's not very important except to say that this is all that is stolen. No money or other valuables suspicious marianne's like that's weird but then does refuses to think about it anymore because i mean that would be improper to think about things such as Mm. highway robberies so they pull up to an inn and marianne runs in asking for help and the first guy she runs into acts like a snob uh but then he finds she finds someone else to help and the guy she asks first is like oh i've made an error in judgment let me do everything in my power to make it up to you um so Marianne goes to get help for the carriage driver. He's only been grazed by a bullet, so it's not a serious injury. But then, like, Marianne faints. And the rude guy from earlier is like, hey, I'm Philip. Sorry I was an ass. Let's eat dinner and do some light flirting. And the, <laughs> I just, the flirting. And I can't. Okay. <laughs> uh, he refuses to tell Marianne his last name. And Marianne gets all pissy about it. I guess because it's improper to refer to him as his Christian name. Yes, correct. You're getting it. I'm getting it. Uh, Historicals. Great. <laughs> so, 
The next day, Marianne and her maid wake up and they find this mystery dude has already hired a new carriage and driver for them to continue on to Edinburgh and hired a nurse to care for James, who was the carriage driver. Um, and But the man, has, Philip, has disappeared and no one will tell Marianne what his name was or what his deal is. So she's very frustrated, so angry, so mad. Ooh. Uh, 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 can't tell you his name. <laughs> because how else will you fall in love with him for just him and not his money Mm. everyone's like very weird about it too in a way that made me think this dude was the highway robber me too right i did too i was like why did he why did he like try and steal her i don't know Uh. i was i was very because it took a while to get to like the part where it became clear who the love interest was and whatever so Mm -hmm. i kept because it's, it's always like you know Someone they mentioned in the first bit. So I was like, okay, maybe it's going to be the cousin of the dude who's, or not the cousin of the dude, the the nephew, I think. Cousin? Nephew? I can't remember. It does, the, yeah. The nephew. Dude, there's, at the beginning, there's like a creepy dude who's hitting on her. Um, yeah. And he Mr. Has Whittles. A, he has a cousin or a nephew who's brought up. And I'm like, okay, he's going to be. He uh, does show up later. He does show up. I was like, he's either going to be the Darcy or the Wickham of this situation. And he was. Um, <laughs> and then there was the highway robber and i'm like it's sus that he didn't just like he didn't really do anything too terrible right yeah took her necklace and that was pretty much it and grazed the guy's arm i was like maybe that's what this is setting up for and then Mm -hmm. for a while i thought that philip because i i'm sorry i'm jumping ahead a little bit but she gets to the house and turns out the guy who helps her was philip the son Mm -hmm. of this family and she thinks he's the second son. And I thought what it was was that he was really Charles and was lying about his name being Philip oh. to do the same thing of, like, see if she loved him without his money or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's what I thought the switcheroo was going to be. But it's not. It's that Charles that is dead. Been, that would have been very good. Right. But there would have had to have been even more work to make that work because, like, people would have had to not refer to him as Charles. That's and he would true. have had to actively, like, tell people to lie to her. <laughs> that is true. Would have made it a bit more irredeemable, I think, than just not fully saying, hey, I have a bunch of money. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we do get to Edenbrook. It's very beautiful. Marianne loves it. Philip is there because he's one of Lady Caroline's children. He's Philip Wyndham. Um, and Cecily is not there yet because of plot reasons. We find out later that Lady Caroline has, like, orchestrated for Cecily to not be there in order to give Philip and and Marianne time to like get to know each other. No, wait, is that what it is? Yes. No, she 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 gives she like tells the Cecily and Louisa not to come because she she was gonna surprise Philip with women. She <laughs> so she was gonna surprise Philip by coming home with a bunch of beautiful women for him to pick a bride from, but she knew Philip hated that kind of shit. So at the last minute she rethought it and she went ahead to like prepare Philip mentally, uh, that women were coming and then she saw how Philip and, and Marianne were getting along. Right. So she's like, No, this is perfect. Perfect for my schemes. Because she originally was like, Hey Philip, women are coming and then Philip was trying to run away, which is he why literally he was at ran the away. End. And then yes. he met Marianne and was like, I am insta-love. I love this girl. She is my whole entire life. And I do mean girl because she is 17. She's only 17. She is a little child. And then <laughs> uh, Caroline was like, yeah, you guys can stay in the city so that these two can f- flirt heavily and nothing else. <sighs> it's 
painful. Um, yeah. So at first, Marianne is super awkward around him because she she thinks he's just a flirt. Like he's just trying to get a rise out of her, teasing her, whatever. But then they kind of become friends, best friends, <laughs> best of friends, only friends. It's very obvious to the reader that Philip is in love with her. It's very obvious to everybody in the entire fucking planet that Philip is in love with her. But Marianne is a stupid, stupid girl who only loves twirling and is scandalized by even the thought of kissing. We've covered this. Which is, like, why I was like, okay, maybe that's why she's 17, so that we would buy the fact that... Because there is literally a scene where Philip is, like, they're like, ooh, I want to get that creepy dude who is hitting on me together with my aunt. That's weird, but okay. And he, Philip's like, you should write a love letter to convince the two of them, like, from each other to make them fall in love. And she's like, I don't know how to write love letters. And he's like, okay, I'll show you. I'll write it, whatever. And then they write, like, a love letter together. And it's like Philip being like, I fucking love you. I really, really love you. But you understand I can't say it because, because of the circumstances, which is that, like, she's technically under his care. So he feels like it would be an imposition if he was like hey, I want to marry you because then she would feel obligated because he she has no, like, buddy to protect her in anywhere. Yeah, um, she has no other male figures in her life. Right, which is uh, gross. Okay, but whatever, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, like, very, very obvious about it, and she's like, huh, what? I'm like, okay, maybe this is why she's 17, so that we would buy that she's this fucking stupid. But also, like, you could get the same effect by just being like, she's 22 and has lived with her grandmother for the last, you know, since she was 17 and has been very sheltered. Like, you don't need to make her actually 17. You don't need to make her a child. (laughs) Disgusting. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so there is also an incident where she twirls and falls in a river and Philip has to come save her and she's embarrassed because her dress is dirty. Okay. Okay. Uh, we do get like a little montage, I suppose, of them falling in love. Um, and then Marianne learns the thing about the brother she thought Charles, uh, sorry, the brother she thought Cecily was in love with Charles died. She finds that out. And then she's like, well, Gotta nip this in the bud. Can't compete with my gorgeous, beautiful, determined sister who always gets what she wants. And I don't even know if we like each other because I don't, my sister's, I seem to think she's a bitch and she seems to think I'm an idiot. So I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know why I'm giving up everything for this person I clearly don't like. So. (laughs) The ties of blood are strong. Uh, the the next section of the book all blurred together in my mind. So I just like, I made a list of here's some complications. <laughs> yes, go for it. Um, this guy named Mr. Beaufort shows up, seems to be very enamored with Marianne, which gets Philip all je- jealous. Mr. Beaufort is the aforementioned nephew question mark of Mr. Whittles, mm. that gross guy in Bath. He's very handsome, but not more handsome than Philip. And in a false seeming sort of way, like something's maybe wrong with him. There's something dead in his eyes. <laughs> Um, Cecily shows up with the rest of Lady Caroline's family and she starts hogging all of Philip's attention and also seems completely happy to ignore her sister entirely. Just hang out uh, with Louisa and be like, fuck you to me. Yeah. After not it, being together for like almost a year. Yeah. Weird. Like, weird vibes. Yeah. Over a year. It was 14 months. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Weird Extremely vibes. weird. <laughs> uh, Marianne then overhears Philip telling his brother, William, like, she she eavesdrops at the end of the conversation, wishes he could send Cecily back, or not Cecily, he wishes he could send her back to Bath to be with Grandma. Like, he wants her out of this house. Which, 
Marianne is like, oh, he hates me. He wants me gone. It's like, okay, girl, there's no evidence of that, but okay. Also, it was so confusing that the eventual reason for this, like the con- the meaning behind the conversation that she mis- overheard was he wanted her back in Bath so that he was not her guardian right yes so that so he, he could, could then go tell court her, her. He but her. i was like why wasn't he just talking about cecily like, I, that's why I, that's why i said cecily because that was my thing i was like it would be so much easier if he was talking about the sister that annoyed him cecily right send right. her back to bath because then i guess then it would be like oh he was talking shit about her sister but she obviously hates her sister so yeah like, she's like cares? i also wish cecily was back in bath <laughs> god um Mr. Kellett also shows up. So he's the man that was set to inherit grandma's money before he was disinherited. Uh, and Cecily enjoys making out with this man, which is wild to me because it feels like they should be super related. But I'm maybe, sure maybe I'm are. misunderstanding how nephews and grandparents and granddaughters. I'm going to hope. Here's here's how, because again, Regency, they could be cousins and people would be okay with it. But um Maybe what it is, is it's the grandmother's, nope, that would still be, they would still be related by blood. Nope, yeah. that wouldn't work. Yeah. I was trying to make a- Grandma's nephew. Grandma's- Her sister or brother's son. So your great aunt's child. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. makes your great aunt's children I think it's you. like a cousin once removed. Something. Because removed is up and second is out. So it would be a- First cousin once removed, I think. I think that's... So maybe they're not as related. That's but still pretty related. It, like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a choice when you're making, like, when you're making up a bunch of historical people. <laughs> like, did Mr. Kellett need to show back up? No, he had nothing else to do with this plot. Could it have been Here's an easy else? fix, because this is what I was thinking for a second, but easy fix would have taken one line and would have gotten rid of any incestuous vibes. Uh-huh. Um, it's her second husband's nephew there you go who's set to inherit the house there you go done 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 easy no longer blood related (laughs) still would meet at family reunions but no longer blood but no longer blood related (laughs) like again i get that like blood relations varied historically but like we're not being historically accurate about a lot of other things so why is that the thing that people are like well actually you'll find that it's like i don't care it's weird and gross like it's the it's the weird like yeah the weird the weird (laughs) wanting to wanting to marry children and wanting to marry your cousin that's like that's that's the hill they want to die yeah. on. Cool. And well, you're writing this for for me now, so make it. Yeah, please. Make it in to, 2012. Oh, I like. I, you didn't have to make this choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a ball at some point. Of course, there is. Marianne dances with Mr. Beaufort. She tries to ignore Philip all night, but then of course, they end up dancing together and staring into each other's eyes a whole bunch. And Marianne comes to the realization that she's in love with Philip. And then she has to leave the ball because she's sick. She's sick thinking of how she loves Philip because that's Cecily's man. Cecily has a claim on him. She couldn't possibly. So she runs away and Philip broods about it. <laughs> so then Philip and his brother go out of town. <laughs> There's mm, It's a horse show, but because of miscommunication, Marianne thinks it's a horse show. D- Uh. (laughs) Marion truly thinks that these two brothers one of which is married very happily married by all appearances 
she thinks they've gone on vacation to fuck a bunch of women in, women in another city. Fuck a bunch of women. <laughs> Just one. Just a whole one. bunch. Just one. <laughs> and this is like a vacation everyone knows about that they take every yeah. year and they look forward to it for so And she's like, I don't know what's these these upper class sorts what they get into these lords you know maybe maybe this is what they're into who can say the the town in london uh, are maybe like this just like cecily and i'm like literally cecily she was like i love to kiss kissing is so much fun i only do kissing and that's morally deviant apparently it's so it's so weird the wild swings like we are supposed to view cecily's behavior and yes i mean like i get her yeah. kissing a dude while actively trying to marry another dude is a little that's, sketch. That's, yeah. But the great. part about how she just goes to parties to kiss, it's like, that's fine. That's normal 17-year-old behavior. That is normal mm-hmm. now. But apparently we're supposed to see it as morally reprehensible. And then you also have, like, the thing that might be the scary thing that <laughs> the, the boys fuck-cation. are doing. vacation. Is going and, like, uh, vacationing to a, a whorehouse. Like, I'm very confused. <laughs> Uh, everyone being so excited it's like it's like the one threat is very pg right like a very disney channel movie of like oh my gosh my sister goes to parties and kisses people i'm so worried versus like a very kind of r-rated thing of like my my beloved might be out with sex workers you know carousing carousing right like these are two wildly different not not saying that they couldn't exist in the same time, but it's weird to have these both in the book as things that are a concern, right? Yes. Like yeah. they should be on the same level, but they aren't. <laughs> I just. Like the, either the she leaps... needed to be worried about Philip kissing other girls or Cecily needed to be full on fucking her cousin. Like that yes. was, it needed to be one of the two. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Yeah. You can't, you can't make them be the same amount of trouble. <laughs> I I just like the hoops that Marianne jumped through to get here. Like the 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 wife of the other brother was like, "Oh, yeah, they go on this vacation every year. William really looks forward to it, you know." Uh, you know, our our uh our our rel- the religious person in our life, I can't remember what. It's her father. Oh, her, her dad father. Is dead. Yeah, she's like my dad never liked it. I think she's like the rector or something. Yeah, she's like the he was a rector he never would have approved that's what it was okay yeah. yes yeah I was like some religious person. she's like yeah he would never approve and Marion's immediately like they're going to fuck town man <laughs> population all the women <laughs> I didn't <laughs> okay Marianne okay <laughs> how is I... how is anyone supposed to like her as a, as a lead in this <laughs> I don't understand um Mr. Beaufort also comes to propose to Marianne and she's like, nah. Not into it. I don't I don't love you. Nah. Uh Marianne mopes. She mopes a bunch. William's out of town. He promised he'd be back in time for another different ball. Um, but he's not back yet. And he, then Marianne gets kidnapped. She also has the whole thing about um or earlier, she does a painting. Philip's like, I love this painting. Yeah. She's like, I will not sell you the painting. There's a thing about a horse, horse doesn't matter. 
uh, Philip's like, well, Heart what is. do you want for the painting? And he, she's like, I want my father to come back to England, and I want my mother's necklace back, and you can't give me either of those, so I guess you don't get the painting. Um, mm, so this has all does. happened, and then also at this point, William comes back and is like, wait, you mean Philip's not here? He left early from the horses slash whoring in order to uh, do something, and he didn't tell me what it was. And also at this point, Marion has written a letter to her father, like, please, 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 daddy, please I need come you to back, come daddy. home. So it's like, okay, he's going to go get her dad. Yeah, it was, yeah it's whatever. Uh <laughs> So Marianne gets kidnapped. Mr. Beaufort shows up and drags Marianne to a carriage and makes off with her. He was just trying to woo her. He was trying to woo who? Woo who? Yep. She, I she mean, was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was trying to <laughs> woo her in the normal way, but like he didn't. He never loved her. He only wanted her for her inheritance. Which, okay, he found out about the inheritance because Mr. Whittles overheard Marianne's grandmother telling Marianne, "You've inherited." No, he overheard Marianne's grandmother telling mr kettle i've uninherited you and the only other person that they could make sense that would get the money would be marianne so mr beaufort set out on this long con didn't work out he's like now i have to kidnap you i'm gonna have to take you to france and force you to marry me he in was france also the highway man <laughs> we should mention. and he's also was the highway man yes so his first plan was like i'm going to kidnap this girl and marry her which really just right off the bat strong plan there then he was like i need to de-escalate i will just woo her and marry her and he's immediately like i need to re-escalate go back to plan one or plan a (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) and there's a little bit of like he was like i'm gonna take you to france and marry you because no one can save you there and marianne's like but my dad's in france i'm like girl it's a whole ass country right like what is your dad gonna do your dad doesn't give a shit about you clearly (laughs) clearly uh, but really, the only reason Marianne is upset is because of spending even one night alone in a- another man's company would be enough to ruin her. So she's very, very upset about the prospect of the first night passing. After that, I guess it doesn't fucking matter. She's ruined. Forever. They stop at an inn for the night, planning to leave the country the next day. Marianne writes this little letter to Philip, confessing her love. She's like, if I never get to see him again, I just wanted you to know I love y'all. And having nowhere else to put it, I don't know, like... I don't know what she was planning to do with this letter. Maybe like mail it I don't, or leave it at the inn. I don't know. She stuffs it in her boot. I think she was hoping he'd pick it off her dead body. That was my Maybe. Assumption. But how's he going to marry? <laughs> like, you're going to keep that letter in your boot until he marries you. And I then fully get... think she would have killed herself rather than marry him. I think Maybe. Was, you know. She is a... dramatic. Yeah. She twirled herself to death. She probably. would just twirl herself right off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> also, okay. True, true, serious question here. If Mm -hmm. you were deeply in love with someone. Okay. You're not, you don't know how they feel. Okay. They die. Uh Uh-huh. Would you rather never know how they felt and just Mm -hmm. be like, eh, this was a sad thing. Mm -hmm. Or have them confess their love and be like, I love you so, so much. But now I am dead. Now we can never be together because I'm dead. Which one would you rather have happen? Definitely the first one. Right? Like, I'm like, this is mean. Like, don't tell him you love him after terrible. you're dead. That's terrible. So wretched. Awful. Just <laughs> just terrible. Why would you do that to someone? <laughs> At least, like, if he never knew, he could be like, well, she hated me. Right. That's why she ran away. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. 
So Marianne then does like a little ruse where she pretends that she's like, you know what, Mr. Beaufort, actually, I do love you. Um, and and she gets close to him where and she attempts to stab him with this little like letter opener thing. Doesn't work. Uh, then they get in a tussle and she tries to shoot him. That doesn't work. Uh, but it's okay because the door to the room is broken down and standing in the doorway is Marianne's father. What? How could this, this be? moment was the moment that I was most like, okay, okay, this is some purity culture Christian bullshit because of the moment where she's like in peril. Someone has to come rescue her, right? Uh-huh. And the someone runs in and she's like, I looked up into the eyes that I loved the most. And there's a few more sentences to pat it out. Dot, dot, dot. It was my father. Right. Where I'm like, yeah. you are very. And then I was like, OK, yeah. So that's also all of the Phillips. Stuff. There's very much this like idea of you are under your father's protection until you are under your husband's protection. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, this is unfortunate. This isn't the main thrust of the book. Because there is no main thrust in there this is book, no main you know. Th- There's no thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely in there of like this girl who needs needs a man to protect her and keep her safe and honor and cherish her and all of that bullshit. And I'm like, yeah, this is an interesting idea, but I hate it. <laughs> I also hated it. Because, like, uh, the dad, like, he abandons you. Your father abandons you Uh for 14 months. Not a word as to why. Not saying, like, you know, it would have been better if he's like, hey, I'm going to stay here in the country and I'm going to send you to the city. I just, I love you, but you need to go. Because you are a woman in society, you you can't do anything about this. Right. I don't know why he had to remove himself from the country and then never write to his children. Because he was lying. He was lying. He was, he has a secret family in France. He's like, (laughs) I... I needed you to go be happy and I knew you wouldn't be. I'm like, if that is the case, then you wouldn't have gone to France. You wouldn't have. You only went to France because you had a big sad. Yes. And now you are not emotionally mature enough to tell your daughter that. No. And he tries to blame it all on her. Like, oh, if you'd only had told me, I would have come back immediately. Like Gaslighting. Fuck off, dude. Forever. I hated her dad terrible person and then we're supposed to be like oh yeah he's like her noble savior whatever gag second thing with the dad situation is um (laughs) sorry just like laughing thinking about it um how did philip get there and back so fast um like this is 1816 and i uh i'm not a transportation expert by any means or geography expert let's be honest how long does it take to get from somewhere a day's carriage ride outside Bath to somewhere in France? Like, he must have had the address, I'm thinking now, because Marianne wrote that letter. And he was, through a series of events, given the letter to post. And instead of posting the letter, he just fucking held on to it and had, must have read what it said. How long How well, long would it take? Could he do it in three fucking days or I four just days? How long does it take to get from Bath to France? And now it takes five hours. Okay. So I don't know how that is. How many miles is that? From, and we'll see how many miles per hour does a carriage go. So that or a is horse. by train. So it seems unlikely to be. Where is Bath? In the, you know, the part that's like almost Wales. Yeah. It's kind of near that. 
Okay. Everybody in the UK is going to be very mad at how I just described that. Sorry, everyone. Um, so you'd have to go... Assuming he was, like, on the coast of France right across from the channel. Let's say... He was sitting there on the beach <laughs> waiting for someone. on the beach. How long does it take to cross the... Yeah. Cross the channel in the, the 1800s. Okay, so 18-hour crossings... Holy moly. One way or round trip? Uh, oh, no, no. Hold on. Three hours to 18 hours, depending on when. Okay. Okay. So okay. If he but a horse-drawn right carriage. Coast, and then, let's see. A horse-drawn carriage can travel between 10 to 30 miles a day in the 1800s. All right. I think this is doable. 10 to 30 on miles average. a day. So if we say 30 miles a day okay. to get from Trowbridge to the coast, which Trowbridge is a little outside of Bath. So we okay. can say that was where the horse show was or whatever. Where was the horse show? Maybe mm. that's also. Okay. So let's say Trowbridge. <laughs> that's about 60 miles. Okay. So that would take two days. Okay. And then you would have to go across the channel. And let's say that was a quick little sailboat ride. And let's say he was right on the coast. So that would be maybe. He's waiting on the beach. Yes. So I think it's doable because it's like four days because William says he left four days before him, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's another day, at least, until she gets kidnapped. Yeah. So I think this is doable. Okay. If think- he lives on the coast of France. Mm-hmm. If he lives in France, no. No. But he's probably on the coast. Probably, to make things easy. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. I'll buy it then. Only just. <laughs> uh <laughs> So, yes, Philip Philip went to go retrieve Papa, and on their way back to Edinburgh, just by chance, they happened to cross paths with this dude from Edinburgh. He was supposed to be... When when Philip left, he's like, yo, dude, can you watch Marianne in my stead? And this guy was like, yeah. Um, but then, so he was like, he saw Marianne's abduction take place, and then he fell and tripped over a root in the tree root and twisted his ankle and could not get back to the house with enough speed with which to warn everyone that Marianne had been kidnapped. So it took a long time for them to start trying to hunt her down. But but they 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 crossed paths with with this search party from Edenbrook. They all met at the at the hotel. And uh that's how they found her. And and then Philip is like, I'll kill Mr. Beaufort because of your reputation or whatever. Marianne's like, no, don't kill him. It's not worth it. So they just maim him, and then they make Mr. Beaufort leave the country, and everyone goes back to Edinburgh. Yay. Yay. There's another ball. Uh, while getting ready for this ball, this ball, the ball after this, like, that takes place, like, hours after this very traumatizing experience. Um, getting ready for the ball, Marianne realizes that the note she wrote for Philip is missing, the one that said that she loved him. And she's like, sorry, I'm about to die, but I love you. She is so embarrassed and hopes that Philip does not come across this missing note. Well, guess what? He does. Um, Cecily <laughs> Cecily came to, to Marianne's room to be like, how are you doing with all of this? And she saw this letter and she just decided to take it. Uh, but then when she opened up someone else's correspondence and read what it said, she was like, oh, I guess I should just step aside and let this happen. Like, girl, you were scheming up until that moment to get Philip in your bed. I will say, I (laughs) think that Cecily wasn't actually scheming up until that Mm -hmm. moment. I think that she, because she says something about, like, everybody could tell, right? 
So I think she fucking figured out what Marianne was up to like early on and was like, I'm going to fucking mess with this bitch because she is. That would be nice. She is such a ninny. She won't fucking confess her feelings. So I'm just going <laughs> to press it until she has to say something. And, then and if she never work. does, I've got right. a rich husband. <laughs> win win for Cecily. I would have liked that. That would have been a really nice, fun, cute little thing to yeah. add here. I mean, is it? I don't know. It would have been better personality than anything else given in this book. <laughs> so philip and marianne kiss at the ball and they live happily ever after yay they twirl yay. together they twirl together amazing <sighs> the fucking twirling <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well great we're done <laughs> are we we've got two more to go no oh, fuck. yep you're right you're right <laughs> you're right <laughs> um Awesome. So what what do you hope happens in this unit in regards to clean romance? Um, I definitely think for the next book, I don't need it to be one. Like I want I want to see I want to see how low we can go, how low we can go. I want it to be really clean, <laughs> really clean. That's that's hard to judge, but I, know, I, I have I one in mind. OK. I also would like it if there were no more child brides. That would be great for me personally. You know, this doesn't full out say child bride in the description, but I can't promise it won't have them. Well, but we, we're going with it. Well, we all try our best. I we'll all do our best. But based on the the main page genres and the description of this book, I cannot promise you mm. there are no child brides. Unfortunate. But, you know, it's the <laughs> risk we all must take. <laughs> with clean romance. Um... Yeah, I I would love to find I, I I would love to see this in like a contemporary, right? Mm. I I think with historicals you get a certain amount of like expectations about how society was back uh-huh. in the day. You know, that may or may not be incorrect. None of us were alive then. Who's to say? I think I think people have always been horny. I but... agree. And I <laughs> believe the evidence bears this out. Yes. Yes. Uh but you know, it gets misconstrued. What can you do? Um, so I would, I would like to see a contemporary clean. Yeah. I think with historicals, it's often like it's clean as default, right? Because we have these myths about how people behaved and whatever. So kind of that's the vibe. Whereas contemporary, it's kind of assumed that people will hook up before they marry, but you know, it would be interesting to see one in which that is not the case. Yeah. 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 Uh, and who knows? I mean, it could be a clean romance without being like a purity thing. I don't know. I don't know if I would count that as a truly clean romance. Really? I think. Mm. I think for me, the genre has to make a, or the book has to make a point of not having sex, right? Whether that's, mm, that's like, fair. not just incidentally not having sex, right? Because a lot of books are clean in that regard you know like where yes you know sex just doesn't happen because it's not for the plot or whatever but I think that I for me and maybe you know we'll get into this more with the genre but it has to either in the marketing or somewhere in the book have the not having sex be a function of the book right gotcha oh that will be difficult that that is a bit difficult to judge beforehand I agree I will do my best I believe in you Thank have you. Never failed me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's about it for this week. Next week, we are continuing with uh, Warrior Cats, 
Number two, Fire and Ice. Ice and Fire? Yes. Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice. Um, The week after that, we're starting a new unit. And this is kind of a submitted unit. Um, We've had a few people suggest sort of books in this general area so we're sort of patching it together with stuff people have suggested and stuff that just kind of fits the genre mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but we are doing a unit on ttrpg books not books of ttrpg we're gonna rules. read the D uh-huh. players handbook out loud to uh-huh. you on the podcast um books that are set in a ttrpg universe uh so the first book we're going to be doing we are going to be reading Clan Novel 1, Toreador, which is a book in the Clan Novel Saga for the universe of Vampire the Masquerade. Yes. Uh, In the meantime, if you have any books or units you would like for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, I'm I'm going to twirl. You're going to drive me to twirl. It's not going to be pretty. If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Julian Donaldson, I had not had a reason to twirl in such a long time, and nothing to twirl about at age 17. That was a problem indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot. I will say, I didn't want to say this in the main episode, maybe this will be the poll, but I don't know. Um, in the acknowledgments, she absolutely does thank God um, no. and says, I must acknowledge that I could not have written this book without God's help and his generous gifts. I hope that he is pleased. So like, yeah, God read there. this book and he was like, twirl for me, Marianne, twirl, twirl. twirl. <laughs> I meet you in twirling's image. Oh.